Hi everyone, this is Sarah Harvey with the Psychic Medium School and I have a special guest today, uh, Misty Bass, the witchy, uh, the mystical witch. And so I actually wanted to bring her on to talk about moon phases because I know that moon phases when you're just learning about them can be so overwhelming. There's so many different aspects about the moon phases and uh, just different ways you can live your life around the moon phases. And so I wanted to bring Misty on to be able to talk about that because I personally think it's important to uh, go based on moon phases because we've actually culturally, like civilizations have been doing this for a long time, but I'll let Misty cover that. So Misty, could you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Misty. Um, I don't really know what to say. <laughs> I've been a witch my whole life. I've traveled many paths and I'm still not done. So when did you start uh, learning about moon phases and kind of molding different uh, things you're doing in your life around the moon phases? I was actually really little and out catching lightning bugs as we do here and would talk about the stars and the moon with my mom and learned just as much as she knew from her. So you're now, did your, your mom actually studied, uh, did she study Wiccan too? Your mom? No, I wouldn't call what she studied Wiccan. She, she was a witch of sorts. She just had a different path. But you, you kind of learned, I think we talked about this at one point in time. You learned tarot or you had tarot cards from her, didn't you? That's what I thought. Yep, yeah, from her mom. That's really cool. So mm -hmm. as far as I said, the civilizations, as, how far back do you know of that civilizations had been studying moon phases and living by the moon phases? I do believe that there was archaeological finds and like, that date way back to the first lunar calendars. People have been looking to the sky for answers for so long. We don't even know. Isn't there some in like hieroglyphs and in the Egyptian pyramids, they actually have uh, pictures of uh, things that they did during moon phases, didn't they? Yes, yes. I've seen quite a few of those. It's, it's kind of neat to see and for us to try to determine and translate what they meant by those it's kind of cool they're like here's the moon figure it out <laughs> 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 yeah so and i guess i'll kind of go off track a little but uh you know my boyfriend farms and i realized that some of the full moons are actually named after um the hunting and the farming seasons uh mm -hmm. so i think that's interesting because our our weather pretty much indicates what time frame uh, that moon is going to be. So I thought that was interesting. And isn't yeah, the, there how many the farmers almanac? The farmers almanac has a lot to do with the planting season and harvest. So much more than people even realize. Sometimes people follow it, and sometimes you know they know, and sometimes they follow it and they don't even realize what they're doing. Uh, his dad actually follows the weather. I, as far as the growth pattern goes. So he mm -hmm. said, I'll tell Sean, uh, it's going to be a wet season this season. So it must go into pretty good detail. Yeah. 
yeah, that's cool. Like, so other people use it in their life and they may not even know they're using it in their life. Yes. As far as planting and all that and hunting and those types of things. Right. So what is your favorite moon phase, Misty? I, I would hate to pick just one. Um, I would think maybe the full moon because I've had more celebrations under the full moon. I've done more research under the full moon. They honestly, they have names for them and it's under all different belief systems. It, it's pretty cool. So it's, cool. Moon. What, now I know like different religions and different belief systems, like, uh, there would you say that maybe there's like a similar pattern through a lot of these um uh a lot of these people of different religions that are following uh the moon phases would you say they're pretty similar um to what we would traditionally talk about yes i i would like to think so and i mean granted we know it's very little difference being northern hemisphere and southern hemisphere even it's just opposite yeah that's when i talk about the moon phases i try to think about that because we have so many different people from around the world in our group that i think to myself when i say we have a full moon right now that's what misty and i were just talking about the full moon in leo and we'll get to that but that's why i had to ask it's tomorrow right for us like yes it's a different time of day for other for people on the other side of the world right january 28th for us and Again, with time standards, a, a lot of calendars and a lot of the charts that you see, you really have to check and see, are they talking Central Standard Time? Are they talking, you know, Pacific? It, it just depends on which one you're reading. And I know, I think we talked about this at one point in time, Astrology Cafe, is that you look at that sometimes too for different astrological questions, don't you? Yes, they they are pretty awesome. They're one of the only ones that has so much information for free. A lot of them have started charging if you want more detail. Yeah, so and I actually started to do that. I was I was trying to get together stuff that we're going to talk about. And I thought to myself, well, what do I do during this phase? And what do I do during that phase? Because I was actually going to use it for business and my personal life. And I thought, well, so I have, I've grasped the basic concept, but you're going to go into detail that I even, I'm going to learn something new today too. So I'm pretty excited to talk to Misty. So <laughs> what can you tell us, uh, what, what should we expect from the uh, full moon in Leo? Well, the full, the full moon in Leo that's coming up and granted, I am not an expert by far. I mean, I'm still learning myself. But this this full moon in Leo is a frisky one. It's having some influence from Venus. And Leo is one that likes to be petted. So with a little influence from Venus, you're going to seek out what makes you purr. Okay. <laughs> That's... That could be naughty. It could be, that could exactly. go lots of, lots of different ways there. So uh, as far as now, I, I guess this is, this is a little off of what we talked about, but are the, are the uh, sun signs, the sun sign Leo, is that the idea of a Leo 
Um, is that kind of the same concept as the moons or is it different? Yeah, yeah, it's it's the basic concept. Um, the moon is more the emotional aspect of it, where the sun is the more ego aspect of it, where right now we're looking at being in full moon Leo. So it's going to be the polar opposite to the sun. So the sun is going to be an Aquarius. So we have lots of different. Uh, that's always interesting to me because there's so many different dynamics to it that whatever you guys know, I asked Misty what her favorite moon phase was. If you guys have a favorite moon phase, definitely put it in the comments below because she's. we're going to talk a little bit about more uh, these moon phases and what they're what's happening with us during the moon phases and what we should be doing during the moon phases. So what can you tell us, Misty, about the waning moon? Um, the waning moon is after the full moon. That is where the moon appears to be shrinking. That is when we're looking at banishing things from our lives and cleaning out our closets and whether it be clothes or skeletons. You know, that's that's what we're working on during that time. So the people that are studying shadow work and those types of things, getting rid of those, that negative emotion, those types of things, that's probably a good time to do that, I imagine. Well, actually, the dark of the moon, which is the, the couple of days there just before we see our new moon, that is a great time for shadow work because that's when we're deep in ourselves. There's no light. It's all shadow. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's something. See, I learned something new already. So uh, now as far as the new moon, what should we be doing during the new moon, Misty? The new moon is a good time to look at starting your journey. If you have something that you really want in your life, this is a good time to look at that. That's when you're going to manifest that in your life. You start plotting. You start looking at what can I do to make this happen? It's not all magic and all spells. Sometimes it's mundane. What can I do in my life to make this happen for me? Yeah, I think we talked about that at some point in time when I was asking about spells and that type of thing. And we, I, like, you know, I need things simplified when it comes to that stuff, because like, I've tried a little bit here and there. But the whole idea of like the affirmation or the mantra, like I feel like that's a big part of beginner spell work. It really is. It is. And magic is as simple or as dynamic as you make it. It's everything and nothing at once. You see a lot of the showcase and everything you see on TV. It doesn't have to be grand. It, it really should be. Emotional, it should be something that you're casting from your heart that you're emotionally like, yes, this is what I want to be tied to it, to be all about that life. Right. And I, I've, I've heard you talk about that. To, oh, we've had conversations about that. And that's almost the same thing when it comes to, in my opinion, like comes to uh, enhancing or exploring your clear audience or different clairs, I feel like sometimes people just overcomplicate it. They really like, do. I've watched videos and people say, well, you hear your hear a spirit guide out of this certain side or whatever. I feel like it's different for everyone. Do you feel that way? It is. It definitely is. And you know, it 
some people, they need to segregate it. And hey, that's fine. That's what works for them. Yeah. I'm never going to knock that. You know, if if yeah. you understand that you hear your spirit guides out of your left ear and you hear the deceased out of your right ear, that that's that's great. Yeah, You've that's got it figured out what works for you. So it's more like a personal preference thing. Right. I I believe that. I believe, you know, we all have it. It just we access it different. We grow it different and we're individual that way. That's why when I talk, and you've probably heard me talk about that before, I see clairvoyantly and I hear clairaudiently when I'm talking to spirit, it's all out of my left side. As far as spirit guides, I don't really have a clear idea, but I always know for me, they talk about that. They communicate through this side and I feel like it's just different with everybody, especially with the different clairs. Like I know people have asked me before, like, well, how do I know which Claire is? Do you feel like sometimes you're getting multiple Claire's at once? Yeah, that, that's one of the things, like, I, I couldn't really come out and say that I personally can say I have a dominant Claire because they they all work together. Yeah, and I know yeah. other people see things differently. Other people feel like, you know, I see things, I hear things. And some people only see things. They only hear things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it, I do feel like they, they work hand in hand. And some people where they say, well, you know, I only see things. But sooner or later, they end up realizing, no, there was more to that. It was like I was living it. I could smell it. I could taste it. I could feel the tingles. I could feel it. And you start realizing, like, yeah, it's more than clairvoyance. You are, and a lot of people don't know this about you. That's why I tag Misty in a lot of different uh, little, kind of like the spells and um, auras. Like she, she is very modest about what she know, what she says she knows, but she has kind of dabbled in all those things and has a, has a, a very nice and simple way to teach, because a lot of uh, myself, I've talked about that before, like when I wanted to learn about auras, I was asking Misty, like, how do I figure this out? And she's actually the one that taught me how to look at my hand and find the aura color behind it. And I thought that was really interesting. So you want to just to total this kind of a sidebar, can you explain to them how you explain to me how you see an aura? Well, the, the hand, how to, how to teach yourself to start to? That's one of the easiest ways I know is looking at your own. If you've got like a clear white background, blue, black, whatever it is, just a solid color and hold your hand out, your arm's length away from your face and you look at your hand, but you're looking through it. You, your focus can blur a little, but you still see the shape of your hand. You start to pull in colors. You start... Sometimes you'll pull in like wavelengths, like jagged lines of color, maybe even a lack of color. And I believe that as you look at that, you you start seeing them more where your fingers join, where it starts forming. Colors mean different things to different people. And as you look, you, you feel more what that color means to you. What it makes you feel is is exactly what it is. Intuition is everything. 
I, and I think people have asked that about plants and that kind of thing, about seeing the aura of plants. And the same kind of definition applies to the plants. But I think if you, like the more you start researching this stuff, I think there's a lot of different resources that have different answers. Yep. So we actually had a group where we did uh, like a test to see, and we, none of us really knew what was going on. It was one person's idea. Like, let's see how this works. Somebody none of us knew was there and they came out and we each had a box of colored pencils and we had a rough draw of a stick person and we drew in colors what we saw of this person's aura and underneath it we wrote what we felt each of these colors meant and what we were feeling from the person and so many of us had different colors and we had different meanings but a lot of us were on the same page. We were picking up the same energy. We just weren't picking up blue as blue. For yeah. What meant blue to me was purple to somebody else, was red to another person. So it was pretty interesting to see that. It really kind of opened my eyes to some more stuff there. Because you're feeling, I think, especially with auras, you're you're not just getting the aura color then you're all of your senses there's a cat Hi, uh, getting she like, to get her moment of fame yeah she's famous now uh so it, it also your like clear empathic abilities your clairvoyance abilities like all that seems to play into that too i think so i've kind of learned to connect those in a certain way like the seeing the aura colors and what you're uh what you're gathering from it so it's kind of perception i think that's that's interesting to know that everybody has their own idea so i assume that's kind of the same with spell work everybody has their own idea of what's what is uh how to do things and that kind of thing i heard somebody right. say on a video that um that they don't really get deep into detail about what they're actually doing in spells because one, it's a personal thing, and two, you're really not supposed to, like, not be, uh, not share that with, because it's a, uh, it's something you have between you and whatever your yeah, your source. Yeah. So now we talked about the. Did we talk about the new moon? Yeah. Yep. Okay. You got to keep me on track here. So. Uh, what about the waxing moon? What are we supposed to do, Misty, when the waxing moon comes along? The waxing moon is actually when the light of the moon makes the moon seem like it's growing bigger. So it would be from the new moon to the full moon. This is actually a good time for, and people may not think about this, but there are actually hairdressers, and I know we got a couple here in the group. Uh, there's there's hairdressers that cut style color by the moon really yes it's kind of fun to actually look into it and see some people have varied opinions on it but usually it's something along the lines of like as the moon is growing if you want to cut your hair and make it grow that's a good time during the waxing moon that's a good time to cut your hair if you really? like a shortcut hair and you want to keep it short and neat as possible you want to do it during the waning moon. I didn't. That's the first time I've ever heard that before. That's how you yeah. grow your hair so long. See, mm -hmm. we're related and I can't even grow, get my hair to grow that long. 
I have to keep studying it. Yeah, it, it's quite long again. So, okay, now we talked about the waxing moon. What about the other types of full moons? So um, we're in, I, it's not just the Leo or the uh, full moon in Leo. What is, do you know what this month is, the full moon? There, There's different names for it, but the one name that I'm most familiar with is the full wolf moon for January. Okay, so what is, now, do you have a favorite when it comes to your full moons? What month? Um, I like the harvest moon. That would be, is it October? Yep, it's, it's actually the one closest to Samhain. Okay. So you have to, uh, you have to explain what that is to us. I, I, I know what it is. It's the, it's the witch's holiday. Yes. Samhain is, for me, it's my new year. Okay. Some witches don't celebrate as a new year. I have friends that celebrate the new year at Yule. But so, for me, it's, it's the new year. That's when I celebrate the new year. It's, and what day around uh, our traditional Halloween is it? Is it the day, it's the day before Halloween, isn't it? Or is it that beginning of November? Well, Samhain can be... On Halloween, I know there are people that celebrate it on Halloween. I'm not going to knock them for that because everybody has their own celebrations. They do their own thing, and that's beautiful. Samhain is also astrologically calculated to being when the sun is within 15 degrees of Scorpio. It's like the day after your birthday, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my birthday's on the 6th, guys. So I knew there was something that was... Because I was reading a, I can't remember what I was reading, but I knew it was something around that time frame. You know, I just, I have to get your input on this because uh, I know these are things. So I found out that a girl that is in our group that uh, we talk sometimes after uh, courses or lives, her mm -hmm. birthday is the same exact day in the same exact year as mine. How, how, that's, that's just cool. crazy, isn't it? I, I told Thanks. her we were. We were talking and I and she was telling me about uh, the just emotions and feelings around election time. I don't whatever side anyone is on. I feel like I feel the world's tension at that point. Right. It was really like I don't know how to, it was just overwhelming with the commercials. Sean watches the news. I do not. And so if I'm in the living room when he has it on, I kind of have to I'll sit there for a little bit and then finally I'll just have to get up because it. it it affects my mood so much, you know? And so, um, yeah, she said something about her birthday and I was like, uh, at some point she asked me when my birthday was and I told her and we re she, I said, I'm a Scorpio. And, uh, she said, well, I am too. She says, when is your birthday, Sarah? So we found out, yeah, we were born the same year and everything. I thought that was pretty interesting. So as far as let me think. I know that there's other things that as far as we didn't get to talk about the like the witch's holiday or anything around Halloween. We were going to and then mm -hmm. we ended up having lots of things going on. But at mm -hmm. some point, we're going to have to do that because yeah. I think that what you have to say about um, like traditional. Well, especially a topic that I think would, would be a really cool to talk about is uh, the uh, now I'm going to forget what it's called. <laughs> Salem witch trials. 
Yeah. And that type of thing. That's kind of a, it, it ended up to be more of a political thing, didn't it? Like, almost. yeah, you know, you know, one of the things that's really cool. I love Aaron Mankey. I don't know how many people listen to his podcasts, but he did a podcast called unobscured. It goes through the Salem witch trials and he has experts and historians and he is very thorough. I'd recommend that to anybody that's looking into that. It's pretty cool. What, was, what did you call it? It's Adam. His Mankey. name is his name's Aaron Mankey and Aaron. he does unobscured. He actually has a couple podcasts that I listen to. He's pretty awesome. I'm going to have to listen to that. I, that stuff interests me. You know, I don't know if you've seen uh, Jaden and I when we were talking about the haunted houses. And at some point, I was going to go take my cousin in and we were going to go into we did go into the movie theater in uh, our area. So we both live in Iowa, just so you guys understand what we're talking about. Um, we did go in the movie theater and I had a lot of orbs on camera around me. And I thought that was the first time I'd ever had that happen. But I actually, uh, me and my daughter, Karma, uh, Karma and I went to outside of Lund's Furniture, the old Lund's Furniture, and I took some photos in that. And I found, I caught my first orb on camera. And you know how it takes those, um, it's not a still shot, it's like a live shot. So it takes like a little short, short video. I found it inside the live shot, which I thought was really cool, like, uh, because that's the first time I've ever seen that. Do you have that? Ha I'm sure you've had that happen throughout the time where you've had your picture taken and you have orbs around you. Oh yeah. Yep. And like when I've done house cleansing and stuff like that, I've, I've seen some crazy stuff. It's, it's pretty crazy. Sometimes, sometimes they come in as orbs and they form and they actually allow you to see them mostly as they want you to see them. But it it's pretty cool. So I've actually talked to somebody recently. This is a topic. I, I have a pretty good handle on what I know that you have, know a lot about. And one of the things that I think a lot of people that get into the group um, kind of have an idea of, and you know this is something that I don't, I don't like when people scare people intentionally and say, like, your family's cursed or what's the other one? Like, um, mm -hmm. your house Are needs... Uh, yeah, or you, you're being followed or attached yeah. by something. And if you pay me $75, yeah. I'll get rid of it. And and then usually they end up saying like, okay, that I did, I did my best, but it's attached even deeper. So I'm going to need even more money. So what is they your, give all of us a bad name? Yeah, I agree. So what is your, when people are really new to exploring their different clairs, and they're kind of having a fear around actually seeing a spirit or, um, you know, kind of overwhelmed with the communication and that type of thing. Because I know it can be strange for people when they're first experiencing this. What is your advice for people that are going through that? Like when they're first learning about it? Again, that's something that I, I kind of feel like everything's individual. Some people just, they're not going to be okay being mediums. They're yeah. not okay with contacting the dead. And be it whether it's it's something that has scarred them or religious reasons, It's it could be anything. 
but if they're uncomfortable with it, there's not a whole lot that can be done to make them comfortable with it. If they're willing to work at it, that's different. If they're willing to grow and and stretch out and do these things, that's something that you can work with. But I, I wouldn't want to push anybody past that comfort zone. There's, you know, that's just too much. It can be very overwhelming. What I see a lot too is that people, um, it's like when they see or when they experience something, they immediately think it's bad maybe uh, because of, I don't know, there's a lot of horror movies and things out there. But when I first talked to you, I know like with the, with clear audience and I realized it was, there was something else. I can't remember what we first started talking about, but um, with the clear audience, like I remember telling you, I think I'm going absolutely crazy. And then you kind of explaining the different Claire's and I knew I had that. I mean, I knew that I heard voices and that wasn't exactly, uh, I shouldn't say normal because I, I believe too, that people can develop these Claire's. Like, I don't, I don't think, I don't, wouldn't say you're like nat naturally born with it, but everybody can develop that connection to energy, I guess is right. more so what I think. And, um, I think that some people like when they hear that or when they have experiences because of all the different movies and all the scary stuff out there that they automatically think that these voices or this um, experiences that they're having are negative, like right off the bat. And I don't know. What do you think about that? Like uh, when somebody first has an experience, how do you know, how do you differentiate personally if it's negative or if it's positive or uplifting? I think everybody's got their own little tales that that they go by. You know, sometimes if like we said before, if they're tied, sometimes you can have a sense of the tingling or the gut instinct that says no. What you're telling me is untrue, what you're telling me is wrong. And sometimes you get it just the opposite like you get the the auto head shake as you're hearing it, like your body is in agreement. Like, yes, what you're saying is right. I agree. It's just, it's different for everybody. For me, it's, it's the head nod. It's, you know, the different smells, the tingles, the gut instincts, maybe even hearing somebody else say no, just in defiance. No, no, that's not right. Don't listen. So as far as, as far as, uh, let's see, there's another uh, interesting uh, opinion that you have that I know you have, because we talked about it before, Ouija boards. <laughs> Can you share your idea? Because I know we've talked about this and I think people, because um, I, what makes it different? Is it just the intention or the expectation that people have of it of it something bad happening that always that's interesting to me well I think I think a large part of it is in the silver screen and horror books and movies and people people tend to be most feared of the Ouija board and the Ouija board is a, a divination tool just as much as tarot cards, as scrying with a crystal ball, as using a black mirror, using a pendulum. 
nature gazing, you know, fire gazing. It's, it's just as much anything like that. You can put a bad twist on anything you do. And I just feel like it holds people back. But again, if that's your feeling on it, I'm not going to push something into your hand that you're not okay with. Yeah. You don't, you don't give somebody a gun when they're afraid of them. Yeah. So have you ever, I've seen a lot of this on YouTube and, um, what do you think about, and I'll, first I'm going to tell people what I guess I seen. And then you, I want you to like, I want your take on this. So I've watched mirror gazing on YouTube and the different, um, reasoning behind mirror gazing and what is happening with your eyes. And basically, uh, so to explain this guys, basically what they were saying is you can't with both of your eyes focus, um, on both of your eyes. So your eyes will naturally focus on one side or the other, and it'll cause your face to blur. So a lot of the stuff you see on YouTube, that's what's happening to their face. But what about, cause they don't really have any sort of like logic to this, but what about when they first of all, have you ever done that? And second of all, what do you think about people seeing different things? Like, what do you think it is they're seeing? Well, it's the same, like we were talking about with focusing on your hand to see the aura that surrounds your hand. It's the same idea where you're focusing until you're unfocused. For somebody that wears glasses, honestly, that's the best way to say it. Or if they suffer from an astigmatism, the blur. Yeah, the blurred vision, things being out of focus, and then seeing something in that. I have I have a black mirror. I use it. I don't personally do the eye to eye gazing. I actually like to have it set so it's focused on a blank surface. And sometimes you can get very clear images float across just like a movie. And sometimes. And sometimes it's more internal. It's like it triggers something inside, kind of like we talked about with voices. Sometimes yeah. your clear audience, your voices are internal and sometimes they're external. So you're actually, when you're doing mirror scrying, because I've watched, I've heard somebody talking about this and I actually had to look it up. This is probably about a year ago. I had to look it up and find out what they were talking about. So when you're doing mirror scrying, you're basically saying, it can come clairvoyantly internally or externally, or that you've had mm -hmm. it internally or externally. That's interesting because mm -hmm. there's no, uh, so we hear about scientists and all the different things that they say, but there's no logical scientific reasoning for that. Like there's just not. That's what I was learning about the mirror gazing is, you know, when people see these images, like I think some people have seen monsters and things like that. And they talk about it on YouTube, like, the people that have tried this, if you're scared of things, I really think that like Misty said, you want to be careful about that because I am one to believe that your intent, if you have um, negative expectations before you start, you're probably not going to have a very good experience. Um, but as far as the scrying, well, when did you start doing that? Like how, what made you curious about scrying and do you use it for like mediumship? Or what do you use it for? 
I actually, the first time I did scrying, it was actually fire gazing. And okay. I was explaining what I was seeing. I was, I was little. I was explaining what I was seeing in the fire. And it was like I was telling a story. And a lady that was there told my mom what it was. My mom knew and could do some things. But she had never done like fire gazing. And so that that was the first time I did it. And it was just, you know, like I was just seeing it and saying what I was seeing. Sometimes it happens in focus and sometimes it happens without. You could be watching the wind blow through a tree and pick something up. Where, okay, so one of the, I don't know if we talked about this at all, but you know, one of the things that I had trouble with personally is I could do mediumship, right? I think we did it maybe at some point in time. Can do mediumship. I can connect with everyone else. Up, well, up until a few months ago, I finally connected with my mom. What keeps us as, uh, we did talk about it. I know we did because I knew what you're, okay. So what keeps us as mediums? from connecting with our own loved ones, our own friends or family that have passed away? Well, for me personally, I believe that there's a certain heartache. There's a certain pain that comes with that to what we're attached with the life here and now that we live with this person now. It's not even looking at the past life that we had with that person before this life and I think maybe sometimes it's just a little too much and there's other times it's they're not ready they're just not ready they they want to stay in the shadows especially I think that happens especially when there's something that happened like I know that's what with me well you and I so in short guys I'll just tell you so this doesn't sound confusing um, my mom passed away in 2008 and she had overdosed on, um, hydrocodone and, um, what was the other one? I told you what it was and I can't remember. It's, I can't, morphine. That's what it was. So what we found out later is that our, um, like I can't take that. And I've had it happen before where they accidentally gave it to me when I was getting foot surgery and I woke up and I remember laying there and I looked up at the guy. I said, what did you give me? Cause I woke up in so much pain and they were like, uh, they told me and I was like, is that from the morphine family? And they pulled out their little clipboard and they're looking through and they're like, yes. I said, you have to give me something else. They made me so sick when they did that. It's not there. It was just overlooked. Most people can take that, but basically she had taken um, more than her body could handle even, but it wasn't affecting any sort of pain that she had. And so, uh, that is those kinds of instances, I think probably make it harder for them to want to connect with you because they know that they've caused some sort of pain and we don't know whether it was a intentional or unintentional. So that's like, but they know that they caused that pain. Right. So I think that maybe that is what causes that disconnect. So for people who are dealing with people that, I guess I tell that story because people who are dealing with people who have committed suicide and that type of thing, if they're not connecting with you, it's uh, more to do with them than it is with you. I really think right. that. Right. And I believe that too. And I also believe that sometimes as they cross over into their beyond, 
it could be that they're done with that aspect of their life. They're done with that. They, they push themselves beyond what they ever should have. And they did what they did. And to answer for it twice would be kind of painful. So just hard on them. So mm-hmm. basically, like to me, that means that they're still having, when they pass over, that like emotional feeling, I guess. I I really believe that they are because a lot of my mediumship readings that I've done, some of them are so emotional. I I know one young lady when I was channeling her mom, I couldn't channel her mom fully. She was so emotional. It it was hard. It was very, very difficult. I had that same thing happen and it was a uh, now, is that he or she? I forget. Hmm. Your cat. This Malmo. This is the boy. He's our tuxedo kitty. Oh, so that's the so he wants to be famous because he's all yes. up in your business right he, now. Yeah. <laughs> he's like my mom. <laughs> you guys can't have her. That's funny. Yeah, it's mine. So yeah, that's I think that's interesting. So you're actually you have an Etsy shop that people can check out. What do you put your, um, you put your crafts on your Etsy shop? Yeah, I put my crafts on there for, for the most part. I haven't, I haven't put, um, readings on there yet, but that's something that recently I've considered doing. Yeah. So I have to show you guys, cause I actually have this right here in my drawer cause I keep it, but I don't, I had took my cards out of it because I started using this for, um, laying out cards, like if I'm taking pictures or something. And Misty made this, and I have to tell you, it's like the best quality fabric. Her sewing is amazing. So this is like, Thank you. this is, uh, it's tar- for tarot cards. What do you call it, Misty? You fold it up and you keep your tarot cards in it. I, I just call it a, a throw and wrap because you can use it as a throw to protect your cards as you lay them. And you wrap your cards up to keep them safe, either while they're being stored or while they're traveling. Yeah. So if any of you guys like travel to do um, like readings, this is awesome because you can lay it out on the table after you get your cards out. And then it just gives you like a nice little background. And I I think this was this was the only one that you had at the time that looked like the universe. That's why I liked it in purple. Of course. Yeah. I I kept the one because I've got one that's just like it. I made it for my miniature cards that are in my purse. I I kept that one. So you have one like it. I mm-hmm. might talk about that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I love mine. I have a little deck that I stick in this one that doesn't have a box to it. But um, so you have right now you have crafts in there. What types of crafts do you have in there? Your Etsy shop. Right right now it's just the tarot and throw cloths. I've sold different crochet items. I've done all kinds of stuff. And I'm going to share, I'll share Misty's link after we get off here. But uh, so you have, you said you have, you're going to put readings on there and that type of thing. But if you (laughs) want to contact Misty for a reading, she does a lot of different kinds. What types, what readings are, uh, do you believe you connect the most with and are your favorite Misty? I've, I've had a couple of them. 
my full moon readings seem to be pretty powerful. They seem to hit home with people. Um, some of my past life readings have been overwhelming. Sometimes those hit pretty hard. It just kind of, it depends. You know, some people I connect with, like, soul deep as I read for them. Sometimes I don't even need my cards. Yeah. But but they're they're usually the more draining ones. Oh yeah. And so when I talk to people and I've I said this in videos before, but I won't do because I get sometimes if I leave too many readings open on Etsy, I'll get like tons of readings. I think the most I did in one day was 15. And I literally worked from the time I got up to the time I went to sleep because you have to have time to recharge in between, like mm-hmm. even if it's like 20 minutes, because like, I don't think people understand like the, like spiritual and emotional energy that goes into a reading. You really do feel like you've been driving for hours or something. You know what I mean? Especially those mm-hmm. long ones. I do uh, the same. So we pretty much have the same, uh, which is understand, like completely makes mm-hmm. sense past life readings are one that I do and connect with too. And the whole first paragraph of my, and it's more than actually a paragraph, it's just a whole blurb of like what the actual past life was, but that's all intuitive. That's all clairaudiently and clairvoyantly done. I can't, I could never explain to another person how to do that with cards. Like it just wouldn't, I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. So I totally get what you're saying. I, you know how people say when you first start off, you're like paying way you're you're pretty much paying way too much attention to the cards and then as you get through doing reading after reading after reading you realize that those cards that you just laid out in front of you like have a theme and then like i over i did it uh like other people do i wanted to look at the book i wanted to learn this one of that when i finally started looking at the pictures it's almost like things pop out of the pictures that you notice that you're drawn to and you can't really explain why like this man has blonde hair in this in this tarot card and it somehow is connected with the situation i excuse me i get that too it's so you're gonna add those in there at some point but if you want to get a reading especially the the full moon and leo reading uh with misty just contact her she's in our group and uh you can just message her and let her know what information uh, she needs, and then she can help you with reading. And then check out her Etsy shop. She's got a lot of different cool things that she makes, like the that tarot thing. I think that was how much are they in your Etsy shop? I think About, they're twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're, and that's worth it because actually, this is a, a, a business tip. That's actually tax deductible. So uh, if you ask your accountant, I'm not an accountant, but something that I that you can get tax deductible so somebody says so oh this is Candace Candace you you probably know Candace but I'm not gonna for our video's sake I'm not gonna say your last name uh so when I try to look in and get answers I'm wrong but if I don't look I can see and it's corrected what do you have to explain that a little bit Candace because trying to figure out Candace says I'm trying to figure out the astrology chart out so many aspects of it. There's a lot to astrology charts. I think Misty, like when you say you're still learning, like I think you could spend a lifetime learning about astrology and you still wouldn't know everything. You know what I'm saying? Like I just right. think it's 
odd topic. But I did share, which I should share again, uh, that cafe astrology natal chart. Mm -hmm. If you guys get it for free from them, and it's like Sean's was 27 pages long. I, I saved mine on a PDF and I emailed his to him, but you can get that. And it basically, especially if you know your time of birth, it's really going to get into detail. So, okay. so when I try to look in and get answer, I'm wrong. But if I don't look, I can see and I'm corrected and corrected. So you're, I think you're talking about the cards. I think Candace is talking about the cards. Like, so she, uh, I assume you're talking about opening like the tarot book and you're okay. Yeah. Uh, I think she's talking about when she actually looks in the tarot book, then she's wrong with her reading. But when she actually does it intuitively, she's right. Mm -hmm. You know what? I, when I read, and I don't, I want your input on this too. Cause I think this is a good one. Uh, when you have done tarot readings, have you noticed that some of your tarot decks have different, not necessarily completely different meanings, but they almost focus on different things in different books because they can't be the same because I'd be copyrighted. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if I if I have this deck and I look inside for the meaning of it, of a card, it's going to be different than my other traditional deck. They can be. They can be exactly the same. It's most of those are like the Rider weight style of cards and they they have many likenesses and many differences you know it, some of them use the classics the pentacles the cups the wands the swords and some of them use like was the nightmare before christmas they use like candles the needles it, they use they use different things and this it's it's basically the same oh, i'm just gonna dump it all over my desk well, I might as well. This one has. Oh, it does have pentacles and. But some of it, some of them are different. Like the, yeah, maybe. It has wands, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Some of them are different. Like, and I think the pictures make a huge difference when you're reading tarot. So when you first start to read, I guess I would say that the traditional Rider Waite deck is probably the easiest when you're going by pictures. When you go too far off that. What I guess I found myself is that the pictures maybe aren't as detailed as the Rider Waite ones. And when they were initially, that's, was that, that was the original tarot deck, um, or at least the most popular original one. I think that it was. I think it could be the most well known, maybe. Yeah. I don't, maybe it wasn't the, because there were other kinds of cards that were created before that. Right. When you're looking at those images, I feel like you get a lot when you're learning from them, from the image itself, rather than something like this, where sometimes they're missing some of the little details that are in there. But, uh, well, I've kept you for a really long time. We're, I'm glad we're going to have to come back on again. Cause I know that we could talk about different things, like tons of different things, energy. I know you, we, these are things that I know you know a lot about. So yeah, we didn't even get into the aspect of what it means to be born under each, each moon phase. I know it was one of the things that I had a discussion with one of the girls in the group that it can be pretty interesting. It hits home for a lot of people. Well, let's hear it. Okay. <laughs> we can do that now. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. we already got you on. Like, well, we don't want to keep people past their supper time or anything. Uh, like, 
somebody that's born under the new moon, they tend to be more intuitive. And they're the ones that like their new adventures and they can be a little spontaneous at times. Sometimes it could be a problem. And there's their sun and moon line up like directly born under a new moon. Okay. And these are things that, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily think about. Again, like uh, one of the people were saying, like you look at your astrology chart and it's a lot. It's a lot. What is squared to your Saturn, to your moon, to your sun. And the image is like, you might as well forget looking at the image. Just read what it has to say. And some people can even gaze charts. It's, it's really? crazy. Yeah. Yep. So um, what about the full moon? What if you're born under a full moon? Well, a person born under the last quarter moon is the real go-getter. They're the ones that are the heroes and the heroines. They're the ones, real life situations, they're the ones that are going to be there. They're going to be, they're going to be able to act in an instant. They're going to be the ones you want around in case of an emergency. The, um, I think the one that we were talking about in the group was the waxing gibbous moon. I do believe that's the one that we were talking about because this is the one that it, when you're born under this sign, you have an undeniable thirst for knowledge. You want to learn everything, know everything. It's the key person that is the jack of all trades and master of none. And you still may become the master because you have such an unquenchable thirst for knowledge. It can be quite crazy. These people are usually happiest like in libraries or doing research of some kind, learning something new. So those are pretty interesting. Does it cover that? Uh, Danielle says, Sarah, that's us waxing gibbous. So Danielle is the one that was born the same day as I was. And she says that we were born under the waxing gibbous. So for you guys that don't know, like the waxing gibbous would be um, when the moon is growing. And it's it's going to be for the full. Yep. Okay. That makes it way simpler than I could. Don't ask me to give directions (laughs) anywhere because I get way too detailed. It overwhelms people. You can get Uh, there from here. Yeah, yeah, they'll get there at some point. Use your GPS. Uh, so what about, uh, sorry, <laughs> drinking. Oh, uh, what about, Google map. <laughs> yeah, just Google map it. Uh, so I wish they had that for cars and parking lots. Dude, I lose, when I was in Walmart parking lot, I hit the button so many times, this lady was in another aisle and she goes, hey, hey, your car's over here. <laughs> Nice. Helpful. Uh, but so what about the, so you said the full moon, you said the last quarter. Um, so what about somebody that's, somebody that's born under the full moon? They're very deliberate people. There's a rhyme and reason for everything that they do. If they're doing it, it's, it's for a reason. They are very aware that words can hurt or heal. 
they know exactly what they're saying and doing, and it has a purpose. So if they're empaths, they're probably um, almost take it to like another extreme. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They can take their clairs to a certain level. <clears throat> they're not happy settling. They want they want something active, not arbitrary. You know, they don't they want to have rhyme and reason. Uh so we got new moon. What about so uh, the waning gibbous? Waning gibbous, yep. What did did you say the waxing gibbous? Yep. What can you repeat that again? Because that's what I am. So I wanna I that's wanna read with this. <laughs> that's the one that has the undeniable quench for thirst. It's it's the thirst for knowledge. Oh, that they're makes the sense. ones that they they want to know everything. They want to not only that, but they want to share what they know with everybody. So what's Those, yours? Honestly, I'm, honestly, I I forget. We're gonna have to find that out. <laughs> a, a friend of mine tells me I've got COVID brain. You know, I think she's right. <laughs> I'm forgetting so much stuff and it's easy stuff I should remember. I remember when that was a good excuse when I was pregnant. I got pregnancy brain. Now I'm just yeah. now I'm just uh like I don't know, maybe it's early onset Alzheimer's. I don't know what I got going on. I forget okay. that. We got when enough of that in our family. <laughs> when we when, when you're doing too many things at once with kids, it's so easy to forget things. Like I'm really terrible when I'm rushed out the door too like Sean will be like, let's go. And I'm always late for everything. And the, let's go. And then I feel like I'm like missing every, like, am I missing my keys? Am I missing my phone? Missing this, missing that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to find out which moon you were born under. So is there, let's see, as far as, well, what zodiac sign are you? I am a Taurus sun Virgo moon. Yeah. I actually, I have it. I Taurus I Sun. Hmm. Taurus Sun is what you said. Yep. Taurus Sun Virgo Moon. I have. I was born on a Tuesday. I remember that. Uh, Danielle and I were born on. Uh, it was actually, uh, Reagan's second term. It was on election day. And uh, it was November 6, 1984, and my grand, my grandpa, Dell, he was actually out uh, voting. And my dad told his friend, you got to go vote for whoever the other guy was. I don't know. Who mm-hmm. the other guy was. But uh, they didn't vote, you know. And he didn't <clears throat> vote, so I don't They So apparently people were out voting when it was our birthday, Danielle. <laughs> but. And I think I even shared the moon calendar not that long ago there in the group. Yeah, we'll have to see. I am waxing gibbous. You're waxing gibbous. So what? Yes. Same as you. Ah, that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. So, uh, is there anything else that you have? Like we're, we're actually, we're going to have to have you back at some point in time. This is actually Misty's first time on camera. 
for something like this. And I guarantee none of you knew that ahead of time because she's like actually like so natural at this. It's because she's she's comfortable because she knows these things. And I knew ahead of time before asking her, you do too. Uh, I knew ahead of time when I was asking her questions what she has knowledge around and what she's passionate about. And I would say um, that witchy things you absolutely love, which I like learning new things about and uh, different ideas of energy and those types of things, which I, I don't know. These are things that we haven't really touched on in the group. Like we talk about Claire's and that kind of thing, but there's so much more that connects us. And so I, one more thing that I have to ask you, what do you believe is going on with the shift in energy? So there's more people that are having spiritual awakenings now than ever before there. Or do you believe that? I guess that may not. I think people are more open to it. Maybe that's what I want to say. People are more open to it now than they were ever before. What's your take on that? Like, why is this happening now? I think people are being made more aware. I think they're being made more comfortable because a lot of us have suffered through. You're crazy. It's yeah. not real. It's imaginary. You should see a doctor. Can you imagine if we went to the doctor and told them that we were hearing things like they would probably lock us up. So, and I actually think that even doctors are more, aware because I think you probably heard me talk about the Harvard study or the was it Harvard? I think it was Harvard. Or it might it was it might have been a Yale study where they studied the um three different groups, people, the um whatever you call that, the people who aren't doing aren't, don't have any ability, uh the psychics and then the uh schizophrenics. And basically the only thing that they could legitimately define as the difference between a schizophrenic and the psychics is that the psychics looked at their experiences as a positive experience and the schizophrenics did not, which I, I think is interesting. And there's clearly like any, any of us that experience that we know that there's a clear difference too. Cause it's not like, uh, it's just different. It's different. Like medication isn't going to cure what, I mean, it could maybe you get so built up that you don't know what's, what's going on. Yeah. But, but uh, I mean, you could imagine how Nostradamus felt. Yeah, really. The things that he was seeing that was well beyond his time. You know, was he clear? Was he clear audience or clear? Like, do they ever talk about that in his, or does he ever talk about that in his books of whether or not he was having visions or if he they was? were mostly visions where he was seeing things. I do believe he heard things too. He. He was pretty knowledgeable about things, things that people can define and say, this is what he meant by this. Well, I'm pretty sure back in his time, he did not know that. Well, and he didn't have, there was things, and it's just like our visions, I would say. Like, I've seen a lot of people saying they have visions of like riots and things uh, <laughs> recently, and I don't know what's going to happen. Like, in the United States, we have so many things going on right now that that's, I don't know. That's a whole different topic. Not going to go over any of that. But um, with him, I'm guessing there was probably a lot that he was seeing that he didn't understand in general. Like we have cell phones, uh, cars, like none of that was something that people, uh, transportation wasn't anything he would even understand. Airplanes, like he didn't, 
they say that uh, he predicted 9-11, he predicted Hitler, he predicted, the, I believe, the Revolutionary War, uh, the Hiroshima bomb. Uh, those are some of them that I know that he predicted. If you guys don't know who he is, you can definitely look him up because he is um, just in history. What is he? Was he the 1600s in France, I believe? 1500s or 1600s so. in France. I looked it up a while, not too long ago. Um, I'd actually read a book in high school about him and I thought it was really interesting. And it's in a different, it's in, I believe it's in French, his books. Um, mm -hmm. They have to so be translated. Yeah, they have to be translated. And some of it is, it's almost like a, not a riddle, but it's almost like they're figuring out what it is. And I think it's personally, I think it's that way with like visions I have, like, like you get that feeling of deja vu. And a lot of the times it's because you dreamt it or you had a daydream about it or a vision about it. But uh, you know, it's kind of funny because that's what you hear a lot of Claire, the clairvoyance telling people is when they try to explain their visions, that's one of the top things that they say is, you know, I had this dream. Because it's easier to explain, I saw, I saw this while I was sleeping, than it is yeah. to say, I just sat here with you and I had a vision of this happening to you. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's given, it's kind of the same. And yeah. it's easy to explain away so people don't think we're crazy. Have you ever tried astral projection? We could seriously yeah. What did you I know that's why that's why I'm comfortable because it's just you and I talking, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh what did you because I've thought about this before and I wasn't sure like I don't know. I've heard, okay, this is what I've heard. I'll just put this part out because it's the fear thing, right? So what I've heard is that you can actually physically get hurt during astral projection, but you heal faster, but you could I don't know if people would wake up hurt. I don't know how this goes. You what's your take? What did, what did you experience? Or at least I, whatever actually we'll share. Honestly, I I couldn't see myself getting hurt during an actual projection. I think, again, that's something silver screen. Okay. You see it in the movies. You see it on TV shows. Maybe you read about it. You could have heard about somebody's cousin's best friend's brother that it happened to them. You know, so are you the same stories with Ouija, you know, it's. Yeah. But are you experiencing it? So when you're in, when you're doing this, when you experience astral projection, are you experiencing, like, are you actually, I assume, this is what I assume, I guess, is that you're not actually physically feeling it. You're seeing what's around you like you're there. Is that? You, you can feel and see. I will say that. You can. Okay. So that's like a whole different that's probably one and i have if, if i get stressed like if i'm doing too much i get nightmares and so that's how i know like that's my trigger to tell me that i'm just overwhelmed it just happens and I, then i know i gotta slow down and do a lot less but at some point i want to try that because i think it's something that uh, i know with our dreams like it's more than a dream to me like that's some sort of connection to another realm and to me that's like just another thing that we can't explain. Scientists can't explain why we dream. Like that's this part of the, that's my, I'm pretty sure they can't anyway. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but uh, basically that I believe that's part of the brain. That's like not studied very much or not as 
well understood, I guess, than than other parts of the brain. I know but, I've I've been told and it it kind of resonated with me is some people actually project in their sleep. And if you have, like natural uh, unintentionally. Right. Okay. Right. That you are projecting your sleep. And in those moments where not only do you jar awake, but you actually feel like you hit the bed. Yeah. That's the rejoining into your body. Okay. That makes sense. Now, would that be the same as like what people describe as like lucid dreams? I think, I think it can be, but I think that's, that's one of those fine points where sometimes it's a lucid dream and sometimes you were there. Yeah. I think that's something, that's another thing we could talk all day about. The falling, (laughs) falling, I think is one of the most common dreams that people have. And, uh, I've gotten this in the car a lot. Like if I'm, I don't sleep in the car very often, but the few times that I have, like I almost jolt myself awake. And I want to say it's like the movement of the vehicle that affects you, you know, like you feel your body's somehow moving. Uh, But I've never crashed, just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone's ever hit, see, we don't know if we could get hurt because I've never hit the bottom, Misty. I'm just making a joke. Sorry. Don't drink while you're talking to me because you're going to spit it out. Uh, So, well, I'll let you go. It was good talking to you. And I hope everybody enjoyed this. And if you're looking for a new moon, uh, excuse me, a full moon reading in Leo, contact Misty. Check out her Etsy page. We're going to share it. Um, And we'll have this replay on YouTube. If you uh, have comments, definitely comment below. Check it out on YouTube for the replay, the podcast as well. And uh, Misty will be there in the group, too. If you guys have, like, uh, if you're interested in asking her different questions, she's there for you. And I'm sure at some point she'll be taking on one-on-one spiritual coaching type things, too. At some point. You'll you'll do that at some point. I know you will. That's, That's like you know a lot about this subject. So, okay. It was good talking to you guys. I'll talk to you all later. We'll see you in the group. See ya.